welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they're open for business 24-7, serving hot, fresh food. Ramon, what's going on on this Tuesday in spectacular Hendersonville, Tennessee? Man, we have a pleasant day so far. It's 90, but hear me out. It's a little breezy outside. The humidity's not choking you. Today is a good day. All right. Well, let's make it an even better one here with some good football talk right. and a good, I think, subject for the day. And that's Brian Flores. Yeah. Because of all the various things that people talk about as it relates to the Steelers' offseason moves. Yeah. This one is by far the hardest to gauge, isn't it? Like, you have no idea what kind of impact a coach, never mind one of this pedigree, yeah. can have on a football team. Man, that's interesting you say that. I, I don't think it's hard to gauge. I think you understand what you're getting yourself into. Go you, ahead. you don't. That's no, why we're asking no, you. I, and I, think for, I think for those of us on the outside, it's a different world. You know yeah. what? What? Uh, what can he do? He's a coach. I'm gonna speak bad English probably by putting these words together. It's overly self-explanatory. Okay, like if if you know, you know when it comes down to what Brian Flores brings. One, you bring a head coaching component to a team as an assistant, and not a bad head coach. Like think about what he did in Miami to have those dudes reel off. What was it? Seven straight as a head coach. His first year, yeah, he had a five and eleven record. But other than that. This is a, an above board head coach. And not just that, he's in a city that thrives off a of defense's coach. Now, Terrell Austin is the DC for this team, right? And his first time around wasn't as great as he wanted it to be. So, what do you do? It, it, it's almost as if. Coach Tomlin needed as many heads as possible, as many minds as possible to help this defense sustain while this offense uh, catches up to it. But this is a guy, if you listen to Coach Tomlin talk about him, he's like, this was a no-brainer. There was a quote that came out as far as him hiring Brian Flores to where he uh, he said initially when he talked to him, he didn't necessarily reach out to him for head coaching purposes. He reached out to him as support because that's what the, 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 the coaching fraternity is in the NFL. You're suing the league in which we all were employed by. So because of that, let me check on you. Make sure you're in a good space and said they communicated here and there a little bit and said that as the conversations went on over time, he realized he really wants to coach. He still wants to coach. It's just the circumstance in Miami and the lawsuit just kind of had a bunch of coaches like staying away. He's Scarlet A at this point, okay? He's wearing the Scarlet A. And Coach T said when they had that conversation, you want to do this, he said he went to Mr. Rooney's office and said Mr. Rooney told him, heck yeah, basically. He said he told him he needed 24 hours and they made the decision in 45 minutes. That ought to let you know where – and team owner, Mr. Rooney, felt about Brian Flores, but also as Coach Tomlin felt about this guy who can come in and assist. The knowledge, you can't deny it. This guy's a four-time winning Super Bowl coach. He understands what it means. And one thing that we've always said on this show is what, DK? Look, you say what you want to about that New England offense. But that defense and special teams was what played a huge part in them winning it. And he was a guy that was a huge catalyst for that group in New England, man. You can't deny that at all. You know, the the difference between bringing in a coach, yeah. someone who can help your defense, and bringing in someone who accomplished what Flores did in the football sense yeah. 
in Miami. You talked about that winning streak that the Dolphins had. I mean, what fueled that? Oh my gosh! It wasn't the offense. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you when you look at what he's achieved down there, again, I'm talking strictly football here. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 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 this capacity, what he can do for the Steelers in terms of how do I put this in in the context of the yeah. Steelers' approach to coaching, which I, I'm preaching to the choir when saying this to you here, but sharing it for the for the those who who are are taking in the podcast, it's a community effort. It is not, I'm the coach here. It's not your turn to talk. Mm -hmm. It's it's not, uh, hey, I'm Terrell Austin. I'm the new defensive coordinator. You sit down back there, Mr. Former Miami. It's none of that. No. Uh, Everything is this collaborative to the point where, correct me if I'm wrong here, but you've had in your rooms that you've been in, you've even had low-level like assistants, yeah. like guys who just basically carry the sticks around. Yep. They, they have into conversations, yes, right? they do, and they're valued as such too. So, Coach Tomlin going to get this type of guy, Brian Flores, man. Put put his personal stuff to the side. When you look at what the coach is, you say to yourself, we, "We're still in one." Not only do we not have to pay him a whole lot of money, but we're still in his brain trust. We're still in his ideas. We're still in uh, the, the way he views the league with a fresh set of eyes. Because that is the thing about Pittsburgh, too. There's a lot of people in the room that are Pittsburghers, okay? There are Yenzers that are a part of the program for a very long time. We can just name off the coaches. Jerry O, okay? He is a Pittsburgher. He's a pit guy. And also, uh, assistant outside linebackers coach, Denzel Martin. He is a Pittsburgh guy. Is where he got his shake. Now, this is the other part too, DK, in which it becomes very important is Brian Flores' role is this. This is a guy that specializes in defense and not just defense. He specializes in linebackers and safeties. What's one position defensively we say we got to make sure that question mark's got to get answered. It was Inside the first one. Inside linebacker. Come on, DK. Okay, you mean to tell me I love Jerry O, but having a, head, a guy that was capable of being a head coach put his eyes on that linebacker group and a kid that needs to have a very strong year in Devin Bush and also a, a, a import guy and Miles Jack. Yeah, that's – I'd say that – I mean, and I've described this already this summer as the position yeah. that's the most pivotal on the de- on the defense. And I'm using the term pivotal like as in it can swing one Come way on. or the other because if you have Bush – performing to the capacity of a number 10 overall pick and Come on, man. rookie that is a pivot in the correct direction <laughs> if you yeah. have miles jack bouncing back to where he was before kind of a little bit of a, a, a slowdown slash letdown last year in yeah. jacksonville which is almost always understandable <laughs> uh you have you have a position that can just go from being the biggest liability yeah on your team arguably mm-hmm. to one of the biggest strengths that's yeah. a big big swing yeah so uh, judge if you want to judge the lawsuit fine go do your thing but that's one thing coach tomlin always said we're here our business is football okay our game is winning that is one of his mantras he's also a guy you're speaking about having guys in a room he he'll stand up in front of y'all and say look i don't care what good ideas come from if Terrell Lawson's in his first year doing this job and Brian Flores has a little nugget that he can give him, I mean, why not use that? Why not capitalize on that type of stuff, DK? Again, when he said, because Thomas said it was on Ryan Clark's pod, and he said when he was really hearing him and heard the idea, oh, you still want to coach? I'm a dummy if I don't go get you. 45 minutes, the deal was done. 
That's how it's done, man. That's how it's done, certainly, with, with, with this football team. Um, this head coach, how do I put this, is about as ego-free as yeah. it gets and is about self-assured yeah. as it gets, meaning you don't bring in people like that yeah. and surround yourself with them mm-hmm. unless you just know, hey, I'm still the dude here. You know, yeah. I am still very much the dude. Uh, when we come back, let's talk a little bit about football. Football. <laughs> One of these days, we're going to remember what the second segment is. <laughs> Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. As promised, football. <laughs> you know, seriously, we, we both have this terrible mental lapse yeah. about we, we know what the second subject's going to be, but it's like we get to it, it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did we say again? Yeah, no, nah, we're here. We're going to talk football because it's that time of the year. But specifically, I'll even introduce this one, man. This, this team. This 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers team is full of siblings. The Ooh. Adams, the Watts, okay, the the Haywards now. And I'm missing the – oh, the Edmonds. Edmonds. And – And defensive line. Uh, I said Adams already. Don't don't we already have them? Um, There's a group. Forgive us, okay? It's just, yeah. just how we roll sometimes. Forgive just, us. Just Our heart's in the right place. Our minds lose it sometimes. <laughs> Uh, but specifically, yo, we're, we're going to talk about Connor Hayward. Uh, and just in general, for a kid who is going into the NFL, it's a huge, it's just a huge jump regardless. But to go to a team in which your big brother is actually on that team, and it's not a role player. He is one of the players. He is one of the big banner guys outside of Akershire Stadium now. Now, now. You like that? Uh, but you get, you have to ask yourself, though. He's very position flexible. Um, You know he's got to play special teams. You know he's got to, uh, honestly, let's be real, he's got to follow up the reputation of what his brother has bought, brought to the team, too. I think that's the same way you kind of look at what Derek Watt had to fall into. I think it's the same thing in which you had uh, Edmonds, brother, Trey, walk into as far as the team was concerned. Everybody has to hold their own, but specifically Connor, though, um, uh, for an offensive guy. I, I think Coach Tomlin will be, is going to be looking for a bunch of nastiness, uh, a bunch of will and want to, and honestly, production too. Cam's Connor. Let me stop saying Cam's little brother. Connor Hayward is going to have to be in a position to where he straight earns it and not just one day, every single day. It's going to follow him the same way we looked the sideways at TJ when he came into the league as far as JJ was concerned. And with that being said, a guy that can play tight end, a guy that can be fullback, a guy that has to be a stud on special teams too. And this is one side of it that I'd be interested to see how it's going to work out. Offensively, I think you probably feel better with Connor Hayward in the backfield, lead blocking, because we didn't see much from Derek last year. And I don't know why we didn't see anything from him. But I I, I won't say I won't hate to see what it's going to turn into as far as the decision that has to be made. But if they're only keeping one fullback, I don't think you can count out one of the tight ends. Does Derek and Connor both make the team as two guys that have two all pro brothers 
on the team, DK. You see where I'm kind of at? Yeah, I, I am. I, I, I'd like to think that that stuff's not an influence, but then, mm. uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not what, that. Naive, no, no, no. I'm talking so. about the business. So am I. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I, 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 but I also think that part of the business is making sure that your best, your very, very best guys yeah. um, are, are happy to an extent. Okay. And I'm going to look at Connor Hayward more from the prism of what he could bring to the Matt Canada uh, playbook. <laughs> and you're laughing. I'm not about to go on a Canada. There's that word. I'm just there not, is. though, because here's the thing. You mentioned a couple of the things that Connor Hayward does. And watching him through OTAs yeah. and minicamp, they did a lot of different things with him, okay? And his abilities aren't just being the lead blocker for a running back. Okay. They aren't just lining up at tight end. They mm-hmm. aren't even just uh, pass catching, which he's actually very good at. He has yeah. an uncommon set of hands. They're good. And you don't look at him and, and, and the body type and everything and think, oh, yeah, here's a real dynamic offensive player. <laughs> but because he just doesn't fit the, the, the prototype. That's not yeah. a knock. But what he was able to do, especially in college – was make plays in the red zone. Yeah. And they were, in some cases, just exceptional catches, bringing the ball in with one hand and everything showed really, really good mitts. Mm -hmm. And I think anytime you have an offense that is supposed to be or is built on being diversified and unpredictable, go for this, okay? Because Mm -hmm. there's no one who's going to be thinking, when the Steelers line up offensively, oh yeah, they're getting it to that guy. Yeah, you see what <laughs> no. I'm saying? Yeah, no, and there's value in that too, DK. And, and I'm glad you got an opportunity to see him at OTAs and see what his hands look like, what his body movements look like. Also, man, um, and this is just another point of you know the way you build a roster. Having him on offense, if he's a better blocker or he's a better combo catch, as far as being able to block and slip out into the to the flats to catch a first down in one of those crucial moments, DK, I, I, I could see him being that. Considering how you talk about him, what I saw from him in college too, we knew he was an athlete. You see him; he walked almost on his tiptoes the way he kind of bounced around a little bit too. And the, the toughness aspect of what he's bringing, I think, can't be understated either, man. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what this role is going to be. You saying they actually did a lot with him while also being, you know, a rookie in OTAs and minicamp speaks a lot about what they think they should be able to do with him, which means you might actually not have to use that curse word this year. <laughs> Canada. We're giving everybody a chance, Moan. Clean <laughs> yeah, slate. Are. It's a clean slate. When we come back, the only segment that matters. Welcome back to the only segment that matters, the Hey Moan segment, and Moan's going to read his own today. I do. This is from the Dan Moore pod we did uh, the other day, and this is from Douglas Coley II. He says, Hey Moan! That's how I would say it, okay? That's really good. <laughs> what makes the training camp arrival so fun and creative for players, and what's your favorite? I loved Vince at Stone Cold, by the way. By the way, we got confirmation that Vinny will be on the show, too. He texted me back, and we are going to be set for that one. That should be good. 
Uh, I loved Vinny too. The walk is what got me with Vinny, but um, the training camp's arri- arrivals just really kind of morphed into something. At first, it was a bunch of media personalities that were out there, and next thing you know, you got big production vans that are outside. You had a bunch of things that really, you know, kind of made it its own, and I really don't know what kind of morphed it into this other than the fact that it's your last day of fun. <laughs> you know, like that's what training camp arrival day is, is all right, I'm submitting myself to the call. So because of that, let me get this last silly action out of the way. Over the years, man, Kiesel and the front loader was always good. Um, my second year in the league, or it might've been my rookie year, is when Max Starks got all of the veterans who had played in the Super Bowl. They all came to camp in like uh, minis. They came in many Coopers. It was really cool watching the big guys get up out of that. Um, I would, I, I loved uh, the Antonio Brown Rolls Royce one, the old one. I thought that was super sweet. That was. You're not going to cool. leave out AB in the chopper, are you? I, I, that's why I was going next. <laughs> All right, good. Antonio Brown in the helicopter was really cool, also. It's, it's always something with him and guys really kind of bought into it. I was always a let me get there early guy so I can kind of escape the media because I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't trying to talk. I was trying to focus on the uh, conditioning test. Vinny, I think is very up high. It's up high. Uh, Kiesel with the big machinery that he had was always fun. School bus. The school bus. Yeah, that was always fun. I'll tell you the one that trumped them all. Ambassador Rooney doing flyovers in the plane. <laughs> that's a rival that hasn't been trumped by anybody. No, Not just <laughs> doing a flyover, flying the plane himself, DK. That right there was beautiful. It's part of the fun that's been missing from the whole training camp thing, by the way, since we haven't been able to go to Latrobe for yeah. a couple of years. That, of course, will change back to the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, exactly two weeks, by the way, Ramon. From I'm looking today, forward to it. Um, uh, in, in, in Latrobe. And, and you have a lot of these guys, you know, some of them, some players probably shouldn't have been calling as much attention to themselves <laughs> as they did. Yeah. I'm trying to think who was it, the little wide receiver? Uh, Switzer? No. It wasn't else. Switzer. No, everybody who's listening to this right now is going, come on, it's this guy. But it was a little, he got like, all jazzed up and everything. We're like, really? That's Tell me, what, what, what? He was just dressed up really good. Nah, there's some kind of vehicle or something now. Yeah. But anyway, these things are these things are they're fun. They don't deflect or distract from anything. No. There's no activity that day. No, uh, it's it's a harmless thing. Uh, they come in, and for anybody who doesn't know how this works, is they come down this like there's this back ramp. road behind. Yeah, this ramp behind. Uh, where the dorms are, and in the old days when you need to you needed to bring the massive TV sets, it was also yeah. a brute show of strength because of carrying this giant television. <laughs> and of course, then TVs became about as thin as a Kleenex, yes, and it was no yes, big deal to have the TVs. Um, but it's it's something that's become part of the, the tradition. Yeah, uh, out there in Latrobe, and man, I, I miss it, and I'm looking forward to it. I really am. I'll be honest with you. I, I miss it, too. Just the whole first day of what it meant, man. And that's probably a show in itself, DK, as far as the the actually getting set up for training camp, walking into that building, getting your key, carrying your bags to your room and setting up your bed. And most guys are setting up either their Apple TV or they're setting up their gaming system. Um, I was talking to a group of kids last night on um 
uh, on a uh, presentation I had to get, and they was asking me, what did I like about, you know, St. Vincent? I just gave a whole plethora of things and how, how excited I am personally to have it back there, even though I'm not even playing anymore. It was Eli Rogers. Oh, it was Eli Rogers. And he showed up in this gigantic, yep. massive truck. I'm not even <laughs> sure how to describe this thing. Uh, it was just colossal. And and he jumped out of it with this this hard hat. Yeah, hard yep. hat. And I'm going, man, it's you're Eli. you're still Eli Rogers. You can't be doing that. You know what, Eli? Well, I love him. Make the team. No, I love him to death, man. He but he he caught himself in a position that he thought that he was close to a B in his no, athletic ability, and he just not. he 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 attached himself to Antonio a real good bit, and I think he thought that he could do those same things without realizing that a B was just that special. A B, and you didn't make the team. So. You know what he also did the rest of the camp? He wore that hard hat everywhere he went, oh, and I'm no. all for symbolism and what it means to be locked in. But there is no need for a hard hat and, and team walkthroughs. You know, like, you know uh, me. I'm a play ball type of guy. Just play ball. Yeah, right? Yeah. We don't I'm, need to know that you're working hard. We're all working hard here, right? <laughs> yeah, we are. I swear <laughs> we are. Yeah. Eli Rogers and the big rig. That's right. And yeah. Was it a dump truck? No, it was some big thing. Like, big. I'm not real good on vehicles, Moan. Like, I just write about sports. But, like, this thing was just like a big truck that you would hook another thing onto, you know? Yeah. Like an 18-wheeler kind of thing. Yeah. I understood <laughs> I what it meant. Oh, I see. Yeah, it was a, it was a big rig. It was 18 wheeler. find it? Yeah. He showed up in That's a what I in was a doing when you were talking. <laughs> with an easy bar dumbbell. Yes. Yeah, I like, remember that. He Eli, wore that hard hat every day. Eli Rogers. And look who I see on here. It's me showing up for training camp. Oh, man, that's nice. Yeah, but you, you're showing up for training camp, but you would just, like, walk up. What are you talking about? You avoided the media. You come up. Right, right. I, I tried to get there early, and yeah, then y'all catch me a, anyway. You didn't. You were never avoiding the media. You were like, you were like, hey, everybody. And then you know every reporter's I do. name <laughs> and all that stuff. Get out of here. <laughs> look at me trying to be humble. <laughs> Let's do this again tomorrow. We'll do the all-humble edition of the Ramon Foster Show.